0: Hi, Michaela.
1: Hello, Steve.
0: So today we're continuing our recent series of podcasts, answering your questions on sex, intimacy, and uh, things of that nature. Great. And the first question today is, can we place too much importance on having the sexual intimacy we want in relationship? I have my own sexual practice and would love to try simple things with breath, energy and opening more to the subtle and spiritual experience of sex for both pleasure and mystical interest and healing. And just fun and intrigue over what the body is capable of experiencing. My husband is against it for his own reasons. In the grand scheme of things, how important is sex really in the part it plays in a happy relationship long term?
1: Well, to me, there's a few questions in there um, and they're not necessarily related. So um, what I'm hearing here from um, whoever wrote this in is she wants to experiment in sex and he doesn't want to experiment in sex, let's say in the sexual yogic realm, which is what she's talking about. And then there's the general question, how important is it? So the question here is, they're not necessarily the same, right? Meaning um, one can have a fulfilling sex life and one can have a really deep connection sexually with a partner without uh, breathing here and doing this and squeezing that and looking there. That's um, sexual yoga for the refinement of your, let's say, subtle body and things like that. But you don't have to do that with your husband you can just have a really deep connected, heart open, um, sexual experience without your husband having to breathe a certain way or squeeze certain things or look a certain way or do certain practices. So that's the first thing I wanna say, because I think one of the things that's been happening uh, with more and more people out there teaching ever more elaborate processes to, have people practice something is that all those sexual yoga practices are useful but they're not the main meal of a deep relationship or a deep connection like um, going to a yoga class is useful but you don't want to build your entire relationship around the practice of yoga i hope right some people maybe do that but not your entire life is spent doing that you do the sexual yoga like you do the regular yoga as a means of opening your body, as a means of exploration, as a means of opening the subtle um, you know, realms, working with the channels, things like that. And then you bring your open body and you bring also the devotional capacity of your heart that's built through those practices to um, the sexual relationship and, as a matter of fact, to any relationship. But that doesn't mean your husband has to practice with you, and it doesn't mean your husband needs to be a practiced man or, um, you know, even be a practitioner of anything, you can just fully bring your practice to the occasion without ever saying a word and reap the benefits of your practice and furthermore when you're not insisting that he does certain things he's going to relax and have a deeper connection because a lot of times why particularly the male in a couple right you have a husband so this is sometimes different in 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 other configurations but often why the male in the couple doesn't want to do those things is that it sounds as if he's not doing it right unless he does all uh, complicated stuff, or um, the kind of practices that were uh, prescribed to him are not practices he wants to do for um, all kinds of reasons. They could be reasons of uh, it taking him away from the connection, uh, reasons of having to practice those kind of things, diminishing the uh, erection, or uh, causing no or too too soon ejaculation or things of that matter. So it's important to, to completely divorce, um, so to speak, uh, the sexual play and enjoyment that you want to have with your chosen partner from the practice of sexual yoga. They're not the same. And so that's really, really important. Should you practice things that give you enjoyment should you practice things that allow you to have deeper access to your own body absolutely. Um, Does your husband have to do it, no absolutely not It, it doesn't necessarily make it better it's interesting when both people want to practice something together for the sake of the practice. That's great, but if he doesn't want to do that, you can still bring your practice to the sexual occasion and reap the benefit of your practice. So then this next question is, is sexual engagement in a relationship important um, in general? And the answer to that is, it depends on the people who are in that relationship. So what I mean by that is for some people, sex and the play of the erotic and the enjoyment and the flirting and the tussling is really, really important. And for some people, it's only important in the sense that they enjoy it. And if it wasn't there, uh, that would be sad and something would be missing, but it's not the main course of the relationship. And for some people, it's not that important. For a number of reasons, they might have trauma, they might just not be in a phase of their life where that interested, they might have other emphasis in the relationship. So it really, really depends on where you are in your relationship. And typically, in a longer relationship, uh, where two people are um, committed to going a path together and having a life together, that uh sexual part waxes and wanes for all kinds of reasons, children, stress, illness, um, desire, lack of desire, or a lot of desire suddenly. Um, and there's external factors and internal factors. So the important piece is not how much sex do you have, or do you have sex? The important piece is, are both people basically happy with how it's going? If both people are basically happy with how it's going, then there is nothing to really consider other than when that's no longer the case, you deal with it. But if you have very just different desires in the sexual and erotic realm, then it becomes an issue that has to be dealt with therapeutically, uh, as well as in communication, so that it's established, why do you have different style? Is it just different styles? Or is it different levels of desire, different bodily things? Does it have to do with trust or the lack of trust? Um, All these kinds of things have to be determined. And we often talk about this and uh, in very great detail in some of the more relational courses is that uh, the most important thing about a long-term relationship is that you on occasion revisit the purpose of your relationship. And within the purpose of the relationship, you will uh, then also discover, are you aligned sexually or not? And meaning, are you freshly aligned sexually or not? Because in the beginning, people typically are aligned sexually, and then it starts to vary. So when you're discussing, and perhaps on occasion renegotiating the purpose of the relationship, that's also a good moment without a lot of pressure, or drama to examine and perhaps adjust the sexual connection.
0: Very interesting, thank you. Another question here along the lines of somebody wanting something different from their partner. It's a question here. How can I evoke to be taken more darkly by my partner?
1: Yeah, I think that's a very common question um and it's a very complicated question in in a certain way because um people tend to have a let's say temperature right meaning they're somewhere uh, on a scale of how their um sexual uh, enjoyment plays out you know meaning some people are, are very very dark Um, And some people are very light and some people are somewhere in the middle and um, depending on where you sit kind of as a baseline, you can go a little bit up from there and a little bit down from there. So if we have like light up here and very dark down here, but basically you have some coordinates, so to speak, where you enjoy it natively and naturally and the kind of engagement that you're craving. And so the reason it says we we sometimes say dark or light or she's also saying that, uh, you know, the darker realms is that the darker realms are essentially the more dangerous, but as well hotter ones or the ones that require a little bit more um, entering domains that we're not in in regular life. And so we all have certain fantasy domains and certain areas where um, our bodies and our nervous systems almost spontaneously open and where that is can be kind of in a more dark, dirty, um, intense area or more in the let's say uh, sublime expanded um, light area. So different people want different things what's very vanilla for somebody is quite risque for somebody else and so um, finding where we are and knowing what we kind of desire um, really helps but then of course comes the moment where we go well our partner isn't going there. Now. There could be a number of reasons for that. One of the reasons why often our partners don't go to places we would like them to go is that that's not socially appropriate. So your partner might want to go darker, but your partner might have been told over and over and over, both societally, maybe from other people, maybe through his own traumas, maybe through his upbringing, that going there isn't... um, appropriate. It might be that your partner has the same kind of desires and has the same kind of ideas of what would be hot, because of course the darker realms are the hotter realms, while the lighter realms are not nearly as hot, so to speak. So, but your partner might not know how to do it, because how would he know? It's not exactly something that people get trained in. Or he might have been told before that that's not okay, or he might have been told by society it's not okay. So that's something to examine. It might also be that your partner just has different preferences. And maybe he doesn't like going dark for whatever reasons, just as a personal preference. But um, essentially how you bring your partner into your realms, is by in a non-sexual occasion, meaning not while it's happening, um, just explore that a bit. And there's many ways you can do that. You can just essentially say, I have some fantasies I wanna play with. And uh, detail those fantasies, right? Or if you don't want to be quite as prosaic about it, you could write a little note and leave it somewhere with some fantasy that you would like to engage in. Or you could uh, show your partner um, a movie or a book or, you know, any kind of, um, let's say, material that has those kind of things in it and says, this is something that turns me on. I think this is hot. Right. And then you'll probably get some kind of a response that's like, oh, God, no. Or, "Yeah, this is kind of interesting. So that's a, that's a safe way to start. It's not the sexiest way to start, but it's a safe way to start simply because that way you can find out what is the issue, what is the hang up. Um, and being able to discuss things of an erotic and sexual nature without that causing either incredible drama or total shutdown is a good thing in a relationship. Do you always want to do it? No, because it takes the hotness out of things. But if you don't know what your partner wants, then uh, it's the, the way to start. And then let's say your partner says, yeah, I'd like to play around with that. I just don't know how. Then you've established a certain kind of a playground. And then it's play, not work, and not some horrible chore that needs to be done, but then you can experiment. So uh, at that point, then, uh, you know, you'll experiment with different things. Maybe, I don't know, you've always wanted to tie up your partner or be tied up. So you'll do that, you'll play around with it, you experiment, you research. And you do it in a way that when something doesn't go quite right, or when things get a bit awkward, you can laugh about it and you can adjust things and eventually you get to a place where that play then can actually be quite sexy. But that's typically not, you know, not always how it uh, ends up when two people are exploring, you have to have that kind of play quality. Now, if your partner does things that you enjoy in the, let's say, darker realms, then it's very important that you make appropriate signs and noises that you enjoyed that. Right. And that's important as well, because often uh, when something is actually really, really good, we don't give a lot of verbal or um Let's say you know bodily feedback because we're kind of oh it's so good for a moment that we kind of go still or we kind of go suspended or uh, we want to hold on to it so we we don't we don't actually react but of course when you're with another human you will have to show your enjoyment and you have to show that it's good or you have to show your surprise or your pleasure or your displeasure as a matter of fact. Otherwise, they can't navigate you. But that's the secondary thing. If you're already in the kind of play and in the tussle, then you have to give very strong bodily feedback. But first, you might want to doubt what it is. And there's lots of literature these days and lots of, uh, um, you know, visual material and lots of written material. There's a whole genre now. I've, you know, I, I've seen people write that kind of stuff on, kindle where you can you know download endless erotica in all kinds of different domains from the very 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 dark to the very 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 light so um i hope uh, you get to have a little bit of fun
0: <laughs> oh very interesting thank you here's another question similarly expressing uh, dissatisfaction uh, with with the partner men are not where their women want them to be They are struggling, why?
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) That's an interesting question. I don't know which one of the cans of worms shall we open? Um, They're all cans of worms. The first thing of course is, um, which women want, which men to be where, where, to be where right? exactly
0: can we have a good re- can we have a good reference for that
1: right so well i think it's an interesting question in the sense that um whatever the questioner is referring to is something that we'll we'll we all are seeing in various ways right we all have the girlfriends who have a very hard time finding a man to date right we all have um girlfriends, participants, whatever, who are telling the horror stories of um, going on dates and online dating particularly, right? And then there's people who have real issues in their relationships, short-term and long-term. So I do think the whole relational landscape has changed to the point where there is a lot of dissatisfaction. And um, I actually have heard from uh, someone who teaches, only men um that uh in fact the men are struggling uh and so this woman and i'll talk about that in a second and so this woman is talking about uh men are not wanting to be where they or men are not being where they should be and i think one of the really really big um things that's happening is that the expectations don't line up at all from both sides um and so What I hear from women, right, my own friends, as well as the people we're teaching, is a lot of um, dissatisfaction with where men are. And what I've heard from men, particularly from men who are teaching or coaching or counseling men, is that men have incredible dissatisfaction with the state of relationship. And I think that clash of those two is getting um, much more pronounced. Right, And so I'm going to just talk first about uh, this question, which is this particular question saying, essentially, why are men not where they should be? Well, where should they be? That's the important piece. What is expected of them? And that question then slices into, are we, I'm going to now make the big generalization, the capital we of the women um, that that this questioner is making, right? It's much more nuanced than that, of course, but just for the fun of it, right? We'll start with the big we. Are we as women having unrealistic expectation of men and or of ourselves? Right. that's the first thing to consider. Um, And then the second thing is, are what we want or is what we want out of a relationship with men, what men want out of a relationship with a woman. That's, I think, where a lot of the rub is at the moment, that that's no longer clear. I think things have shifted uh, both through, things like online dating, available um, dating pool, as well as uh, shifts in relationships, in long-term committed relationships. And then of course the pandemic and everything that came with it. Um, the question is, is what we want men to be really what uh, men want to be? And also, is what we what want men to be really what men are? And that's also very, very important, because I think a lot of us nowadays make the mistake to believe that our intimate partners have to be everything for us, not just uh, the the person with whom we let's say have an intimate sexual relationship or build a life in the let's say parenting um you know uh, life companion relationship but we want them to also be our best friend and want them to be maybe our business partner and the person who um supports all kinds of creative pursuits and all of those kind of things and so Um, It's not as clear cut as it used to be that your intimate partner had a certain role, and other things were done by other people. Um, Now, it's like uh, this, this expectation, your special person does it all. So, if that's your expectation, that is definitely an expectation that's going to crush any human, man or woman alike. You can't be everything for one person. And you shouldn't have to be everything for one person. And based on that person's gifts and tendencies and personality, asking that person to be certain things that they're not is actually quite brutal. You're saying, I don't like who you are. I need you to be this. And that in itself is going to make for a very unpleasant aspect of that relationship, because if you come into, uh, let's say a date or a relationship with the, you are struggling, I don't like who you are, you are not measuring up, um, that will set the tone for the relationship as something that's extremely critical and extremely demanding and high maintenance. And um, now from the man's viewpoint, I've heard from quite a few men recently that they're actually not willing to be uh, in situations that are as demanding and as high maintenance and as uh, explosive as they perceive them based on that constant criticism on that constant demand for more or different or for them to be something that they're not. So when we when we look at a question as, um, as uh, you know, uh, why as why are men not who we want them to be well well maybe they're they've never been that because it's an unexp- unrealistic expectation or they're no, no wo- longer willing to do certain things because the playing field has changed or because the demand is so high that they can't fulfill it because they're also exhausted. They also went through a pandemic. They also are scared or stressed or, um, you know, overly demanded upon. And it's just no longer, um, you know, what they want. And uh, where there is a feeling of, can't do it right, regardless of what they're trying. They're always essentially looked at as a fuck up or not measuring up or not being up to the standard of the partner that they want to be with. And that stress on top of all the other stress essentially puts them in kind of a freeze. And then of course, the next thing that happens is if you then demand upon uh, somebody who's in freeze, they can't actually connect with you. They can't actually hear you. They can't actually feel you. This goes both ways, obviously. And then there's more of that, well, you're not there, you're not present, you're not with me, you're not doing it right, you're not. So there is something in that question that I think is a much, much wider um, concern for all of us in relationship is have the demands and have the expectations gone to a point where we can't be okay with the simple things and i'm going to now talk just from a woman's perspective for a moment right i hear from a lot of women that they themselves have put such unbelievable demands on themselves right in the looks department in the uh, performance department and and then they demand that from their partners as well and it just doesn't go very well so that's one way of looking at it, right? And then, of course, the other way of looking at it is are um, are the men that this particular questioner is looking at the right kind of men for the job she wants them to do, right? So, and and that's also very important because um, of course in dating and in relationship, there isn't so much of a job description, uh, but there should be really in, in the sense that If you're expecting somebody to do things that they told you that they're not willing to do or can't do or unable to do, but you are asking them over and over and over to do them, that also sets both people up for failure. They're not going to change on your account. So if they say they do, um, I don't know, like long walks on the beach, assume that they do till they don't. Right so it goes it kind of goes both ways. So that's kind of the the long winded answer to uh, why are men not where they should be and why are men struggling. Uh, It's definitely true that men are struggling with the demands put upon them not all men of course and not all the times but I do think nowadays uh, more and more men I work with personally um, question the need for kind of relationship where they're constantly on the back foot and constantly demanded upon in a way that they're not capable or willing to be and I think that's an important moment in time where we could step back a bit and define um, you know the state of relationships and the state of our demand towards ourselves and someone else um, a little bit more narrowly perhaps and start from scratch uh, also with a bit more generosity and um, a general belief in the goodness of the people that we want to be with
0: right very interesting another way of reading this question men are not where their women want them to be they are struggling why um you've interpreted that as the men are struggling could also be the women are struggling so i'm curious what advice you would have for women who feel that the men they're encountering are not where they'd like them to be Um, what advice would you have for uh, women in that position
1: yeah i think the most important piece there is what do you really want obviously and uh and what do you really want beyond um tall dark and handsome you know uh, or whatever whatever the first thing comes out of somebody's mind and and these are very important questions uh, uh, you know that that you need to ask yourself before you ask that of anybody else is what do you really want in your relationship you want to live together if you do want to live together How close do you want to live, how big of an apartment does it need to be, how much time do you want to spend with somebody, what are your values, what are your goals, what. uh, What are the things that are important and not so important, and all of those things that um, we think we know, but sometimes when we do uh, it's kind of when we do examine it, then it's kind of surprising. As a matter of fact, uh, as often when we talk about these things, um, one of us will remember something and what I'm remembering is we have an entire toolkit that has all the questions you have to ask yourself before you get into relationship or as you're negotiating a relationship and they're uh, sliced in the different domains, relationship, sex. Uh, location, activity level, you know, things of that nature. You really, really want to drill down into what is it that you really want for yourself. And then the next step from there is what kind of a partner would you need so that that would actually work, right? So um, if you're wanting to do tall, dark and handsome and very adventurous, uh you know because that's what you're attracted to but what you then want is somebody who is home with you all the time and doesn't want to go anywhere and just wants to be the homebody um hanging out in front of the TV that doesn't line up and that will cause disappointment because Mr. Tall Dark Handsome and super adventurous is going to want to be out and about and not home with you but you picked him for the adventurousness but now you don't like the adventurousness so it's definitely important that what you're attracted to fits your description if what you're attracted to doesn't fit your i should say what you're attracted to doesn't fit your requirements then that's a real thing to look at is what you're attracted to the imprint of some past relationship or the imprint of your attachment or your early childhood imprints of how you have received love, um, or is it really lined up with who you are today? And often we have to kind of come up to date with who we are now and kind of adjust our attraction, so to speak, uh, based on new data. And that's very hard because our attraction is kind of this knee-jerk, this almost chemistry, you know, the sexual chemistry of there he is, Mr. Tall, Dark and Handsome and Adventurous. But but of course, if you are attracted to that, but then you want somebody to settle down with, uh, you're probably gonna be quite disappointed in Mr. Tall, Dark and Handsome because he might not want to settle down, hence the adventurousness. And that's that's the thing that's very difficult, I think. And that can be quite disappointing when you meet people and they're just not ultimately wanting the things you want. And uh, if you wanna see it from the viewpoint of how do you attract a partner who's attracted to you for all the kind of right reasons, then the first step is actually knowing your requirements and then also being able to weed out people who don't fit your requirements and then at the same time um, full have a full-bodied expression of who you are so that somebody outside of you can be attracted to you for the things that you want to be attractive for That's also very important, which we haven't talked about yet. We've kind of talked more about the more the therapeutic steps, but now the more embodiment steps is that once you know what you're about, and once you know what it is that you want to portray, so it's attractive to the right kind of partner, you need to be able to show that in the body. And how do you show that in the body? Well, your body has to be kind of alive and, Uh, alive and uh, be able to conduct the kind of energy and show the things show the light in the things that you actually are attracted to and also be able to give you signals so you know when it's not right so a good embodiment practice a good um, connection to your let's say feeling body that's the intuition as well as just the messages your body sends is super important, and that's definitely something to cultivate in order to find a partner that fits better with your actual profile versus your, let's say, knee-jerk sexual attraction profile. So then the last thing I want to say about that is that, of course, when there is people out there that are not meeting your standards rightly or wrongly doesn't matter they're not meeting your standards right the kind thing to do is give those people a pass. This is always true, uh, not only in the sexual and relational domain, and what I mean by that is, if you're entering into a relationship with somebody who is not up to your standards, they have to constantly suffer your subtle or not so subtle disapproval and they have to constantly suffer you settling for less than what you think is um, appropriate for you might be fine for someone else. It might be fine for no one, but you're essentially putting somebody in a stress situation where they're not good enough. They're not good enough for you. And uh, you can bet that that's a very, very tough spot for anyone to be in. And we know that, you know, ourselves, how often, you know, you have the subtle feeling that if you were just better or skinnier or blonder or younger or whatever the hell it is, right, then it would be okay. And that can also go the other way around. So it's important to understand that when somebody isn't your person, then it's a kind thing for both people to stop having that engagement instead of going, but I can fix it. And I've said this many, many times in many, many podcasts, women have a tendency to date potential. They can see the greatness in a man and then they will take it upon themselves to bring out the greatness. And there's lots of kind of little Sayings about that, right? Behind every great man stands a, you know, great woman, or things like that. It's somewhat assumed that we can fix a guy up, and then when we fix them up, he'll going to be great. The problem with that is that subtle understanding that it's not quite right, and that's not a place to live for anyone, um, either. You know, in either direction. Um, the question is always. If the person would never change, would you want to be with them if the answer is yes great continue and enjoy the fruits of your. um, joint explorations towards development and growth and uh, just living a life, but if the answer is this person, as he is right now is not up to my standards, then you must step away that's very, very, very important. And then that also saves a lot of the heartache of, well, men are not up you know, up to, they're not up to it. That might be true. Um, and then those are your, not your men. And you're gonna just then have to find where are your men and what kind of men are those men and who are you in relationship with those men so that you bring out those men in the crowd, so to speak, and also so that those men are attracted to what you have to offer. So it's quite nuanced, uh, but the good news is there is good men out there, uh, actually quite a few good men out there, but they might not exactly present the way you think they should be presenting on one end. They might also not be attracted to you uh, for what you are presenting as a second consideration, or they might be exactly what you want, but you don't have the imprint for that yet, or you're not looking in the right place. But um, I'm actually quite um, positive that there is uh, plenty of good people out there uh, who you might not recognize to begin with just based on not having defined things quite the, the, the full way for yourself.
0: Well, thank you very much, Michaela, And that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you.
1: Thank you.